All right, well, that's going to do it for our Sunday survey results. Now we're going to jump into a roundtable on this special second episode of the podcast. And this is a used marketplace roundtable, which is why we have these great guys, Jay, Rob, and Ashton with us. We're going to direct questions to them, and hopefully a great conversation ensues. We're going to start with Jay. And Jay, your question is, how has the used market changed since 2020? At least for me up in Boston, it's changed a lot. I mean, 2020, everyone knows it was super hot. You couldn't get anything. So we were all just buying the crap that was available. We got a little bit more picky into 2021 as more stuff started rolling in. But at least for me, there was still a lot of inventory. Um, so I was still buying a lot. I was still selling a lot. Everything moved pretty quickly. I would say the last eight months or so have been pretty dead. I mean, I've bought hardly anything. Maybe once a month, I'll find something decent. And even that, I'm just kind of like getting bored and I want to buy something. I haven't had a great score since like last summer. Um, so it's it's been tough. Stuff is definitely sitting longer, um, dropping the prices more. So it's been more of a challenge. But at this point for me, fortunately, I have what I need. I don't need to buy anymore like for the gym. It was just kind of a hobby to keep up with it. But for anyone new getting into it, it's harder because there's just not as much inventory out there. Yeah, I'd chime in and say that uh, I saw a weird kind of movement of older, rusty, you know, vintage weights, older weights that, you know, suddenly anyone was willing to get anything during shutdown. So, you know, the stuff that I used to be able to get for like nothing, people were paying crazy prices for. So I just stopped and just focused on, you know, just lifting and whatever. But there was a nice kind of uh, return from that where I knew for sure, because I was buying a lot of it and people were saying, oh yeah, I just bought this whenever I couldn't go to the gym, that people were selling off all this stuff that they either wanted to replace with something shiny and new and I was fine cleaning it up or that they were returning to the gym. But that I agree with Jay, um, has died off and it's, it's been a little slower here in Pittsburgh. We're very East coast dominant on this round table tonight, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you head a little South from Boston here in Pittsburgh been a little slower, but every once in a while I find something kind of interesting. I got a, Pro tip, not necessarily comment for everybody listening. If you're having issues selling any used equipment and you're trying to move something that's big and heavy and can't just be packed in UPS, use a company called UShip. It's basically an aggregator for people all up and down anywhere in the United States that'll take stuff and bid on your loads. And they're all vetted so and, and insured. I've noticed a huge slowdown. We're transitioning more into business-to-business -business sales, but we also have a huge eBay presence. So that's how we get some of our stuff and we have freight providers, but if you don't have access like I do to freight companies, U-Ship is phenomenal for that. So it gets, it moves the inventory faster, I've found. Yeah, personal story. I had a, um, a bicep curl machine that I loved, but it didn't fit through my door to get to the basement. And I just oh. found myself trouble going up and down the stairs to use it. I ended up doubling the price that I bought it for. And the guy was in Wisconsin, I'm in Michigan, and he, yeah, he U-Shipped it. So he wow. bought it and then he's like, I'll take care of shipping. The guy will be there on this day. So it worked awesome. out. That's convenient. It would have saved me yeah. a long time driving to Virginia. Yeah. Stick on the e ship yeah. and call it a day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. Rob, have you um have you noticed a similar shift in specifically the vintage weight market? In terms of uh just an increased interest or in terms of a slowdown of what I'm finding or what right, people yeah, are finding? Yeah, are you also yeah, are no. you also seeing a slowdown in vintage or There's is a... that kind of there's collectors across the country and they're finding good stuff all the time. So it's very, you know, local and regional. They come from all kinds of places. I mean, a, a, a hotspot is high schools. 
you know, a high school that's just got the money to redo a gym. And oh my gosh, the stuff that comes flooding out of there is amazing. Another great spot would just be local gyms. I have people on Instagram that like will send me pictures and say, Hey, are these like the deep dish plates you're talking about? I'll say, Oh yeah, yeah. That's, and it's like a YMCA out in the middle of nowhere. So it's out there. And I think the more people recognize what it is, the more they're noticing it. So it's not the same, if you will, as just the regular old used market where someone buys something for their home gym, doesn't want it and sells it. It's a little different category where the more people learn about it and uh, learn what's a quality piece of vintage weights, they get out there and find it. Got it. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to the next question. Rob, would you mind leading? But I'd love to hear from all of you. So what's, what's the best deal you've ever scored on the used marketplace? The best deal, you know, in terms of a collectible item monetarily would probably be my York deep dish, recent York deep dish pickup, which is these Chrome York deep dish. I haven't cleaned them up yet. So nice. for those listening, instead of watching pretty rusty on the inside where they weren't able to polish the Chrome, the outside Chrome is still fairly nice. And York didn't do that. I won't give you the full history lesson, but you know, there are not that many chromed sets, not that many chromed York deep dish sets out there that I could, you know, kind of find that were similar to this. So it's just something cool and kind of rare that sets it apart from my other York deep dish. And, you know, basically was free after I sold the overflow. If anything, okay, there was right. a profit to be had with it, with the extra things that came with it. I left some stuff behind. Uh, because I was a little worried about the weight capacity of my minivan. I need to get a trailer. But then in terms of, that's like a collectible thing. In terms of value, just the deal, I was thinking about it, that the best was right before I set up my new home gym in this renovated part of my basement here that I'm sitting in, I found a deal that included some York milled 45s, some ship wheel collars, which is why most people were targeting that particular listing and uh, York split sleeve as well as a full USA plate set. And then the kicker was um, when I got there, he said all of the stall mats were included. And since I was mm -hmm. setting up this gym, I was like, oh, well, that's amazing. And I mean, if you add it up, stall mats are 40, 50 bucks. Well, that's a pretty good add on that added to uh, <laughs> my personal gym. So that would probably be the best deal monetarily. What'd you pay for it? Well, that comes back to the, how you think about it. What I paid for it that day, you know, less than a dollar a pound. And when you factor in the stall mats that were included and the potential value of some of the more collectible items, yeah, it was far less than a dollar a pound. Once you factor in the overflow that I sold off, you know, basically free. Yeah. That's the trick, the overflow part. And this is where you can make a lot of money or get a lot of money back. You know, never go out and just buy one piece. Like if someone is selling off their gym, I always say, well, how much for all of it? You know, even if I don't need all of it, I will say, you know, I want this piece, but I'll take everything else. I'll deal with the hassle of piecing it out because they just want the stuff cleared away. And you can make your money back very quickly, just a little bit at a time, selling it off one by one. Getting stuck stuff out of second stories of homes. If you can do that person a favor, they'll probably pay you in most cases. Yep. Or if it's like a moving truck right outside, you get a great deal that day. And like it's not fitting in the truck and they're like, no, <laughs> I've had a couple of things like that. Now, Jay, what is your best deal? I would say the best deal like off MSRP um, that I still kept would be this store in Apex. I think that retailed when he paid it for around 11 or 12 shipped. Uh, I got it for three. So that was fantastic. I kept um, the rack. I actually sold the cables off only because I got the free motion and that paid for the rack. So 
kind of like a free base camp. But I would say my best flip would be an offer up deal actually. And it was one of those wife selling her ex's equipment. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> she posted in the middle of the night on offer up a Inspire SDS, one of the multi gyms with the Smith bar. And it came with a full set of Peloton weights and a whole bunch of Olympic weights and bars. And um, I think she wanted 2,500, which was still a great price. I said, I'll do 15. And she said, no, no, no. And then she basically had to have it gone that weekend. So every two hours, I just kept paying her. Anyone there yet? Anyone there yet? <laughs> so like <laughs> four o'clock, she's like, if you can come today, it's yours. So I rented a van, drove two hours to New Hampshire, um, loaded it all up. And she, even then, she had a Peloton tread. I was like, can I fit that in the van? Like there was a bunch of stuff, but I used it for a long time. I loved it. In the end, I bought a Rogue, so I sold it off. But I made about three grand in profit off that one. Oof. Dang. Wow. I think I have. So our deals are, because I'm in the commercial space, like we're clearing out gyms, training studios, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm doing, people will call them steal of a deal uh, almost every month. Um, we're, you know, we're getting, I, I'm not going to disclose exactly because people are going to start screaming about margin, but, um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll get really good deals because a lot of the, we have, we have partnerships with folks who do new installations. So they'll take all this new equipment, put it in the facility and the old equipment needs to go somewhere. And most of the time, these, these owners are just willing to get a credit back for the new equipment to that company. And then the company will just uh, work with us so that we give them cash and we'll take all of the used equipment basically as a favor. So we get this for pennies. I mean, we'll get, you know, functional trainers, commercial grade cardio, commercial grade strength for n almost next to nothing. And, but that's just because of the space we run in. And I, that's, that's actually the norm. From a home gym standpoint, I really honestly, when I was flipping during COVID, I mean, that was... I mean, you, you'd get really good deals if you could find them, but you had to stay on top of things. But that Kabuki bar was probably my best, honestly, my best deal from a home gym standpoint to date. But we get big lots of things all the time. It, it's just, it's a buying power thing. The more money you had to throw at it, like Jay was saying, and the more kind of big lots of things you can get. The, I mean, you can get some absolutely insane prices on all of this stuff. I mean, stuff that would... It, you you can make a living on it. It's what we do. So <laughs> that's what you're doing. There's a shop like yours by me, and whenever I drive by it, I'm like, man, why didn't I just buy a building like that a couple of years back? It's like, yeah. there's been so many deals that I want, and I talk to people like you, or I talk to guys that have opened their own gyms based on doing this and having the equipment. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been a, a fun little passion project. That could those guys, big. I love talking to those guys, those gym owners that have started their own gyms doing used gym equipment because most of the time they're extremely financially savvy and their gyms last way longer than the franchise models because they're not saddled with so much debt. I love dealing with those guys because they'll come in, they'll be looking for a really good, really good deal just like I am. And we're usually on the same wavelength about types of equipment, all that stuff. It's, it's really, I like that a lot. Yeah. And they can get so uh, specialized that they can pick out the best of the best. They don't have to say, mm -hmm. oh, this is a full hoist gym. This is a full pre-core gym. Like yeah. they say, I love this pendulum squat from 20 years ago and I'm going to keep it and mix yeah. and match and find the best of it. So we have There's... a gym up in Huntersville uh, that has the uh, Huntersville Extreme Training, I think. Anyway, he did, he did the exact same that you exact thing that you just said, Jay, like he's got kind of the best of the best of all these types of things because he's got bodybuilders, powerlifters, strongman, like a mix of clientele. And, uh, you should see it's, I actually, we interviewed him and I took a video of his, that I lost of his gym. I need to go back and do that again, but it's glorious. All used. <laughs> nice. 
Jacob. I was going to say, have you guys ever seen Alan Thrall's video about starting a, a gym and how he did it with like a lot of used equipment and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's a like awesome video. Yeah. Really motivational. Yeah. Alan's amazing. I want to have him on, but I think the guy's just slammed. He's got a lot going on. Now he's running. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doing yeah, he's dropped a lot of weight. He's running. He has. Shout Looking out to good. Alan. Yeah. Stick with Ashton for question number three. Ashton, uh, what are the best items most should be looking for on the used marketplace? And uh, what should people just buy new? So me and Jay have talked about this a little bit, but um, and I mentioned it in the chat before we started, but you can absolutely find almost free commercial-grade cardio pieces everywhere on the used marketplace even though it's a, a still a rough market and supply is tight pre-core matrix life fitness i would actually stick with pre-core and life fitness if you're doing the flip but if you're doing it for a home gym and you just want something that's better than god forbid peloton um then or nordic track kill me with people who are purchasing nordic track i have bashed that company <laughs> so hard and people still buy that stuff um sorry anyway <laughs> Yeah, like those two brands for me just stand out. Precore just doesn't, Precore and Life Fitness, I've had Life Fitness treadmills that have, are in our shop that are 20, 30 years old, rusted through and still don't make a sound. Like mm. dead quiet and, and, and still work great. So from a from a used standpoint, like that's going to be best bang for buck, best resale value because you'll sell it to a gym owner. Just know what you're, know the price point, know what you're looking for. Those are going to be the best deals. Strength and all that other stuff, like people kind of know what they're doing. But I tell you what, commercial grade cardio is a is really a diamond in the rough. And you got to know what you're looking for. And if you can maintain it and, and keep it up, it's good. Single best piece of used gym equipment, I would say, you know, if you're if you're just going to go for like one, I think my mantra has always been leg curl, leg extension, or hack squat, leg press. Most home gyms don't have enough space for anything bigger than that. So, and the, the hack squat, leg press is... It's it's starting to climb into the oh my gosh this is too big range but leg curl leg extension would be what I would start out with either plate loaded or selectorized um, I'm a huge plate loaded fan buying new accessories like don't buy lock collars used they're gonna wear out already bands they get um, I just had a bunch of guys that snapped bands that they have purchased online because they're going through heat and cold and heat and cold particularly if you're in an un, un air conditioned area so accessory stuff is what I would buy new. There's not much that you can't buy used, though, other than, really, other than that. Rack, strength equipment, iron, you know, cardio, like, it's all it's all good stuff. So, my opinion Yeah, I typically be, do the same thing. I go for the accessories new. So, if it's, like, very specialized grips that I want, or if it's a piece from a company I want to support, you know, like a small thing, I'll go with that. But if it's something large, I typically always just get it on the used market. Uh, one, because I'm impatient and I want it immediately. And, you know, I have stuff like these Griffin arms that I bought new and they've been sitting there broken for seven months. So that was my, my lesson of not buying new stuff from China. I was going to say my pick is the barbell uh, if you're setting up your home gym because it's a central piece. Yeah. You're not going to do much else without a barbell unless you're really hardcore about getting a bunch of uh, dumbbells, kettlebells, machines. So it's more the immediacy of it. And also the quality of it, because there's a big drop off in quality of barbells. And um, when you see a bunch of like just generic, you know, hex bolt, end bolt, chrome uh, barbells on the used market, just go get a new one if you really want a cheap barbell. And then if you want a quality barbell, you know, step it up 100, 150 bucks. You know, there's plenty of places out there with pretty nice barbells these days. So 
I'd start with a nice new barbell. That way you don't have to wait for it. You don't have to mill around trying to find one that you like on the used market. I did have one other thing that I forgot to add. Uh, I have my notes here. You can chance it with bumper plates if you know the history on them. But <laughs> when the collar falls out at drop five, you may or may not regret your decision. So just watch for that. You don't know how many times those have been dropped. Bumpers are one of those things that can just develop cracks like that, especially if they've been, oh, wow, CrossFit gyms. Do not, just don't buy bumpers from CrossFit gyms unless you're ready to repair everything, which I don't think you can. I think that would be the one thing I would stay away from on the used market other than accessories. I forgot about that. I made that mistake. I bought all my bumpers used and they've all been okay, except for like the Hamptons over there, which... They advertise them as bumpers. I bought them so excitedly at a dollar a pound, not thinking about it. They're not bumpers. They're just <laughs> rubberized plates. And like, you can see little cracks in the urethane. And oh, no. so I learned my lesson there, but they're still like, so cool. And I love the handle, so I can't get rid of them, but they're not bumpers. I mean, if anything, you know, my number one on the used market is weight plates. And I know mm. bumpers, you know, Jake has the data, but even if you want bumpers and you don't have the money, we'll start out with some iron. You know, save up for those wonderful rubberized weights. I say that facetiously. Um, <laughs> but, you know, maybe you'll, you know, maybe you'll really enjoy the clanging and banging of iron weights. Yeah, we can't have too many weird Olympians in here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need that. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I think uh, CrossFit gyms have to be probably the worst place to buy used equipment unless unless they're not too old or you know you can tell they've been taken care of and i really like rob's answer about the immediacy i think there's a lot of like a lot of people who want to start a home gym they if they you should probably just get enough before you start waiting around for a deal that may never show up so uh, I, I like that point too uh, well, let's let's move it on to the the fourth question here. And Jay, we'll we'll have you lead this one. So, which and you mentioned OfferUp earlier, um, which platform have you had the most success with? So, I still by far buy most of my stuff on Marketplace, even though I have this like passion hate for Marketplace. At the same time, like <laughs> it's been broken for five six years now, and they don't have any desire to fix it. Anyone that's ever used it and has tried to do a search by, or a sort by new knows the page just loads forever. And it's like, this is the most basic thing about us, you know, a search filter, it has to sort by newest. And they don't care because they want you on the platform longer. So, but it sucks because that's where everything gets posted and you'll find so many more deals on there than on Craigslist or OfferUp or, you know, the option sites. So you kind of have to do it and you have to really play around with the filters. I found that I can get it to kind of load if I do add it in the last 24 hours, use sort by newest, then I'll get like, the top 20 or so that are still like in order. I had a hack where I was really killing it for a while where the iPad app wasn't updated to the new version. So iPad sort by newest was actually <laughs> sorting pages and pages of newest. Wow. So I, I just, I cleaned up for like six months until they updated the app. Um, <laughs> like never update this iPad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say Craigslist is, is better in that you can sort by newest, the filters work. Their email alerts are slow. Um, the Craigslist app actually has better alerts. So I always do my sorts and my, um, my alerts in the app and I'll just have it set to notify me in app. It gives me a push message kind of like all day long. Um, I have to turn them off because it kind of got excessive, but if there's something you really want, set it up on Craigslist in the app, have an alert come up 
and then you can just tap right into it pretty quickly. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. And um, also Facebook Marketplace on a computer browser, you can kind of work around the radius that is limited your search radius on the app on a device. So that's kind of nice if I have my computer at home, then you know, kick it up a notch, look a little further. Yeah, yeah. you can kind of screw with the search strings at the top. If you kind of figure out how it says like, and location equals and all that stuff, yeah. you can mess with it that way. But every time the page loads, it resets it all. So mm -hmm. again, it's just a hassle. But I do love yeah. the fact that you can see the people and you can see their profile page. You can have reviews. Not everyone leaves reviews, but if they do, you can kind of feel them out based on the photo. Like how sketchy is this? And is it worth the potential yeah. outcome that might happen? For me, usually it's, yeah, I'll go anyway. But at least I know going into it that this one could be a sketchy one. Uh, misspellings too on Craigslist. You know, Facebook yes. autocorrects. Yeah. But on Craigslist, I mean, there's like five different ways to spell dumbbell. So <laughs> yep. if you hit on the right one, you might be the only person to see that listing. <laughs> Who knew dumbbell didn't have any Bs in it? <laughs> I, mean, I bought a whole bunch of dumbbells. <laughs> yeah the wrong categories too if they throw them in like home and garden by accident because they miss like yeah. the one right above it you get some good stuff there too like everyone is sorting by the sports one or the i also so i sort everything by sporting goods and health and beauty health and beauty gets a lot of equipment as well mm. Mm -hmm. interesting yeah if you search the usually search in the sporting goods i've actually kind of abandoned craigslist almost entirely I, facebook marketplace is kind of our go-to but i know craigslist still has some really good deals somebody was saying just the other day that uh craigslist is kind of sneaky and how good it is for still selling stuff i guess it doesn't get a lot of utilization now but it's actually pretty good from a um still pretty good from a buy and sell standpoint so i guess it's the sneaky winner of you know use marketplaces still i can't speak nationwide here but at least in my area in pittsburgh vintage weights pgh i <laughs> i find that if craigslist is like the the elderly sales <laughs> spot <laughs> like every like it's always it seems to always be uh an older person that is downsizing their home or they're moving they've retired they've you know they're getting into a townhouse or something and they don't need, they can't fit their gym. For some reason, that's just like my Pittsburgh Craigslist go-to. I like Facebook marketplace because at least you can see whether somebody actually saw your message and if yeah. they read it and they're not responding, it's likely that it's already sold. With Craigslist, you're like shooting something out into the void. Yeah. Maybe they'll get back to you in a week. Maybe they won't. True. <laughs> and yeah, that's the worst. You give them the offer and it says red and you're just kind of staring at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing like, come happens. on, come on. <laughs> That's when you start getting desperate. You're like, all right, up in the price, $10 more, $30 more. And kind of like the new filter though, if, if I could just, you know, say one thing to Facebook, it would be, could you take the, is this still available button away? Like, oh, when you're selling yeah. something, I don't even know how many, is this still available messages <laughs> I get? I mean, it just never yeah. ends. And I'm like, yes, the 10 pound plates are still available. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen all the TikTok videos of everybody simulating what that looks like in real life? <laughs> it's just like yep. drive by, like, is this available? Yeah. Drive away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Poof. <laughs> yep. Or my best I, friends. That's what I call them. I tell my wife, oh, I got another best friend for a couple of days. Like the people that just talk to me <laughs> and talk with me. And then finally they're like, I think I'm going to pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I know their whole yep. life story, but eh, I don't want this barbell for 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will say I tried <laughs> to help the community. So I was actually interviewing over at Meta and I have had to bring it up. I'm like, so do you happen to know why this filter is broken? And we kind of like tried to slide it in and they weren't really having it, but I, I did my best. Man. How did that come about? It was pretty they forced. Saw you. They were. They just saw you were on there all the time and said, "Can you interview us?" No, that was me looking for jobs on Marketplace, basically saying, "I want to fix your tool. Like, please hire me." Nice. Oh, got it. So I did my best, but uh, they didn't yeah. fix it. It's a feature, they, not a bug, Jay. That's what yeah, exactly. That's the algorithm. <laughs> That's the when you actually see like your time spent on Facebook Marketplace hitting a refresh. <laughs> It's, it's scary. Like I had to, for the sake of my marriage, like un like uninstall these apps for a while. I had to turn off these alerts because I found myself just doing this like all day long. Like, ding. oh, and like, I don't need to see that every day all day long, but it's like this yeah. little addiction that we all get sucked into. We don't need any more stuff. All of us here, we have full gyms. We don't need it to buy anything new. Like you don't need another rusty plate from the sixties, but you want it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially ones before the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> I got enough 60s. So, yeah. I I mean, as far as disabling apps, stuff like that, I agree 100%. I've, uh, you know, I'll leave my phone inside when I go out to play with my kids, stuff like that. Because otherwise, if it's around, it's going to it's going to attract my attention. So I just kind of physically distance myself from it. And then the other thing is, in terms of... You know, I don't really, I'm not really a flipper by, you know, nature. Um, it's actually a pretty frowned upon thing in the vintage way. It's like kind of community of collectors and whatnot. I mean, some of the Facebook groups have like no flippers allowed type rules and things. And like, and I mean, I get it from their perspective that, you know, it's just, they want to study the history. They want to, you know, respect the history and study the history and, and learn about the collectible nature of these things from each other. So when a guy hops on, he's like, how much is this worth? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Give me a million dollars for it. It gets annoying, <laughs> like it's, you know, because it's, it's a little unearnest. So I totally understand the anti flipper sentiment, but the reality is most people collecting in my opinion, end up with extra stuff because a lot of people don't want to sell that one plate that you want. So you end up buying the whole gym because you want that one pair of plates. <laughs> And you know you have a better shot if you just get in there and buy it. So you end up selling it because you don't want to retain the whatever Weeder International set that you got for the fourth time. So, you know, you're not exactly a flipper, but you end up with overflow. And in that interest, I think, you know, it, it, it kind of comes full circle, if that makes sense. Hey, Rob, we uh, touched on a lot of these already, but maybe there's some uh, specific ones. Maybe this question's already been answered. You let me know. Um, okay. The best way to uh, to snag a deal. I think the keyword there is snag, like snag a deal. Like you're talking about closing the deal. You know, we're not talking about finding a deal. So when it comes to finding a deal, you know, we've covered that somewhat here and there, some different tactics and things, search terms. Um, Jay did a great job breaking down different kind of uh, settings and things like that for different formats. So snagging a deal in my mind is that, okay, you found it, but now, you know, you're in hot competition. Like Ashton said, concerning Facebook marketplace and 80% data coming back from the Sunday service, Sunday service, <laughs> Sunday survey. You know, I put my phone down when I go to the Sunday service. Well, I don't, I don't check the marketplace while I'm in church. 
That's a lie. I know. That's but, fantasy so, football time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in any case, um, you know, what I'm getting at is it's competitive. I, I mean, you're competing, and I'm not even speaking from a collectible standpoint. I mean, you're just a good deal on home gym equipment, whether it's collectible or not you're going to be competing with all the other people that want to set up a home gym and they might not even know in terms of collectible nature what it's worth and i'm like oh my gosh this guy doesn't even know what he took home so when it comes to that number one i already mentioned a little bit you got to be quick you got to close that deal get in there offer cash tell them when you're going to pick it up and it better be like soon you can't say on a tuesday well you know, and they tell you you're the first to respond and you say, okay, can I pick it up next Tuesday? You know, you, you've got to be fast. Like, I mean, it is like my, the Chrome, you know, reorks that I spoke about, that was like a partnership kind of pickup. A friend of mine and I split that haul. And I mean, we chatted that night and boom, I was on the road like the next morning to head out and get them. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is quickness. The second thing would be money. You know, people are selling this for a reason. They want money. So cash is king, you know, get in there, give them cash. And then the third thing would be if you can't get there quickly, because I mean, I'm busy. I have lots of stuff going on in my life. The down payment, um, not many people offer the down payment. And I think there's a little bit of credibility that comes with it because if it's something that someone didn't realize was worth what it is, and suddenly they're getting flooded with messages you're like, oh my gosh, this is just something I found in like my basement. I don't even remember where I got it. And now I have 50 messages from people. Suddenly a guy saying, hey, how about I give you like 20% now? I can't pick it up for two days, but you know, I'll, I'll Venmo you. I'll PayPal you the money like right now, 20%. That's a pretty like strong foot forward that this guy's going to show up because anyone who's sold anything has probably been ghosted once or twice. And that stinks, especially with weights. I mean, that stinks if I haul something up to my front porch from storage and no one shows up. Yeah, that down payment is so clutch. And I do that for the things that I want and for the, the profiles that I kind of creep through and kind of get a feel for the seller. If you can get them to market as pending, so having them say, yeah, sure, you're the first in line or I like you, that's one thing, but it's still available and they're still gonna get hit up with higher offers. If they can market as pending, that's when it goes off the listing. It doesn't show up in the feed anymore. And that's when you can kind of feel pretty comfortable that, you know, you probably have this one. Just as an example, I drove an hour once to check out a functional trainer. I'm in the woman's town. I said, all right, I'm here. She says, sorry, I just sold. Mm. I was like, what do you mean? I got a trailer. I'm in your town. You told me the address yeah. to your house. I could keep going and show up at your house, um, but it sold. Mm -hmm. But had I given her that down payment, had it gotten pending, that wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, that's one of the things I put out like on my website, kind of a idea of etiquette, if you will, in terms of collecting vintage weights. And a lot of it would apply, I suppose, if you were friends with other people flipping or used market, but it's really geared towards collecting vintage weights. And one of those things was the, like, if it's marked pending, you know, if you know, someone is, has made the deal, you know, it, it, you got to tread lightly, but the reality is the reason I'm saying that is that, oh my gosh, you just get squashed if it's not marked pending. You're 100% right. And that's why I try to weave it in there when I ask the person about the down payment. I'm like, hey, listen, like, how about I send you, you know, X amount of dollars uh, to show you that I'm serious and that I'm going to show up. Otherwise, I'm just throwing away my own money. You mark it as pending or sold, whatever you're comfortable with. And then I'll see you, whatever, in three days, whatever we agreed on. And that way, I kind of plant the, the seed, the idea that I want this marked 
I don't want you to just leave this open. If it's somebody in the community and they're selling something that, you know, only an enthusiast would ever buy, that's when I'll kind of open up to them a bit. I'll share a picture of my gym. I'll start to talk to them, kind of build some rapport up. I will often share my review page so I can get, listen, I got hundreds of reviews. I have hundreds more of people that I can refer to you if you need kind of some backup here. I'll often tell them that I'm experienced in taking these machines apart. So like I'm sure Aston hears it all the time with commercial stuff. People see big machines or cable machines, they get intimidated and they don't want to take it out or they had a, someone like Jim Source come and install it in their house. They don't know how to get it out. Um, mm -hmm. If I can say, listen, I've done this 10 times, just give me two hours in your basement. I don't need any help. You know, I, I got this. That's a huge weight off their shoulders. So that kind of puts you ahead in the line of someone else that's going to look at it and be like, huh, how do I get that out the door? <laughs> Yeah. Very good point. I think if the situation's right, I mean, I've I've just told people and they'll figure it out at some point anyway that you're, you know, a reseller or, you know, trying to get this like uh especially if it's for a good cause. So a couple of times we've tried to get some used gym equipment for fire stations and like first responder departments. And um I'll tell them that from time to time. I'll be like, Hey, this is actually this is going to like I had a physical therapist that was selling a leg press and I had been, hadn't been up for very long. I was like, Hey, this is going to this is actually going to some guys that actually use it and really need this stuff. And uh, he was like, Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Um and they're super willing to work with you for, for those kinds of things. But and that's a unique situation. But um yeah, I found that usually is better to build that kind of rapport if you can kind of feel them out and see how they're feeling about the deal in the first place. And then, um, you know, uh, if they, if they know you're serious and you do this, especially on a regular basis, they're a lot more likely to work with you in the first place. Yeah. I think rapport is huge. And, um, you know, I've had people actually ask me like, how do you sneak around and get this? I'm like, I don't sneak around at all. Like, it's not like I'm creeping around finding this stuff. So I tell them straight out, like, I love history. I love this you know, this older, whatever it might be, barbell or plate. And, you know, I, I fill my home gym with all this classic stuff. And that goes a long way with the older stuff, because usually it's a, you know, like I mentioned before, it might be an older person that's selling off their gym that they used for 40 years. So it, it sounds, and it's the truth that this is a guy who's going to appreciate it. He's going to use it. And so if you're a person that's actually going to use it, but I would give the same advice, you know, set aside, you don't care about vintage weights. You just want to set up a home gym. I give the same advice to all the seller. Like I'm setting up a home gym. This would go a long way for me. You know, I'm really trying to get healthy and fit, you know, build that rapport and you're telling the truth. Why not? Yep. And I would say the exact same thing goes the other way around when you're the seller and you have people that, you know, are into this kind of stuff, like don't treat it as a one-off purchase. This is a relationship. And I got people that I've sold five, 10 times to, or people oh, yeah. that I just, you know, like you guys, we just talk about weights all the time and we talk about other stuff all the time because we know we have this connection, you know, all kind of bonding over gym stuff, but then it just grows into friendships. Um, and they're the ones that are gonna look out for you. So like, you can only look so many times, but if they find something when they're refreshing, they'll send you a link, you send them a link. That's how I've gotten almost everything big in here. It's by like one of my friends in the area or even kind of on Instagram, DM me something that you know, I think you're, you're in the market for this Kabuki power bar. Here you go. I just found one. And that's mm -hmm. the kind of thing that goes a long way. Cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, Ashton. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one. So how do you see the used marketplace shifting or, or morphing if at all in the next 12 months or so? So a little state of the union about this, um, <laughs> about a month or two ago. And, uh, I think so. I have some 
I actually have some track history with this, not because we were around when this happened, but because we actually interviewed a couple that runs a used gym store in the area. And they started their business in 08, 09. And I would have thought that would probably be the worst time to start a gym business, uh, a used gym equipment store. And they exploded uh, because mm. everybody was running away. It was a recession. So everybody was running away from the new equipment prices, which were sky high. Everybody wanted to use stuff because it was a steal. And we're seeing the same thing again, except it's worse because we've got recession combined with runaway inflation and the used park, it is actually still kind of reasonable. So I think we're going to see what happened during 08, 09, just way worse, which means the used market's set to explode in the next 12 months. So we may still see shortage on supply, but I think we're going to see a lot more people running into the used market. There may or may not be like a surge of inventory that comes along with that you're definitely going to see prices going up along with the new prices. And then at some point, what did I have? It's going to stabilize and you're going to see a downward trend, but it's going to, it's, it's just, I mean, the next 12 months, I mean, if nothing slows down, it's going to just explode. I mean, people think the used market is kind of tight right now. It might get really tight um, in the next, you know, six, 12 months. So, and I think once everybody discovers what kind of deals they can get compared to new in the used market, you're going to see even more resellers trying to pounce and, and make deals and do flips and start businesses and side hobbies doing this. Um, so it, yeah, I don't, unfortunately, I hate seeing this, but I think it's about to get worse. <laughs> Not really better. Um, I just don't see any, any situation where I feel like it's going to be a housing market situation just in the opposite direction where, you know, um, everything's super expensive. There's no inventory and everybody's clawing for whatever's out there. That could be totally wrong, but that's just, that's my sense of, of where things are heading. So worse before- yeah, I started to see that with the smaller vendors where they're creating a product that, you know, kind of came about um, during the pandemic, they established uh, a market for it, but they're kind of getting priced out and they don't necessarily want to, but you know, things are just adding up so much. And they, you know, they're realizing, like, you know, Mutant Metals did this the other day about their snapbacks. And it's like, this was supposed to be a much cheaper product, but the costs have gone up so tremendously that now it's like $200 more than when it started. And, you know, they understand that that's probably not sustainable. They need to find ways to make it cheaper to cut down in manufacturing. So I think there's situations like that with a lot of companies right now where they would love to get out there cheaper and faster. They have these ideas, but they're kind of hamstrung by, you know, the market and the inventories that it, maybe it does force people back into the secondary market. They may want that thing eventually, but for now they'll settle for something used. And I think the, the thing that, you know, historically, when it comes to a home gym is just night and day is technology and social media and the community that, you know, we're talking about friendships and things. Jay, you're mentioning how you connect with people. Jake, you're planning home gym con where, hey, we actually see these people we see on screen, like in person, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you're seven foot tall. Like, Adam. <laughs> You're a giant. So, you know, and Adam's not seven foot tall, I'm pretty sure. But where I'm going with this is just that I think there's something to be said that the home gym isn't going away. You know, the the commercial gyms open back up post, you know, shutdown, and we still have home gyms going strong. So I agree with everything Ashton said, and I think there is, you know, some worse times before it gets better. But I think there's some sustainability that people can, you know, work out by themselves, but still have a sense of community, still have, you know, integrated technology like juggernaut AI coaching, you know, any kind of thing they want 
when it comes to things like that through the technology we have right now. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Is the networking that we see through these kind of groups, through like the Facebook groups, like it's a lot of times that we we fall into this realm of working out in our basement just out of necessity. But you know, I know I just certainly didn't realize there was communities like this. And there were apps like Juggernaut, or they were just ways to connect with people and expand the training beyond what you've always done at a commercial gym. So I think that networking is huge for the community. Yeah. Garage gym competition. You can even compete from your home gym. I love that. Good points. And then uh, there were, there were a, as you guys were talking, going off script a little bit, I thought of a few <laughs> more questions. <laughs> Sorry. And if you don't have answers, no worries. But number one, someone mentioned sketchy scenarios earlier. Do you guys have any specific examples of sketchy scenarios you've been in when dealing with oh, these marketplaces? I believe it was Ashton who said that uh, Yeah. Well, one of these sites is pretty murdery feeling. Craigslist. <laughs> oh, Craigslist, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you get stabbed? Do you survive? Uh, I can move faster than most of the older people I buy from. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, the reality is that, you know, sometimes uh, some pickups are coming from uh, areas that aren't the best areas of town and things of that nature. So I try to just, you know, general safety kind of things. I, I try, if I can, not to pick up in the evening, at night. I try to pick up, you know, daylight, that kind of thing. And I wasn't joking. I really do give my wife the address of where I'm going because I don't know who I'm going to meet. Uh, and even with Facebook Marketplace, uh, you know, there's still a lot of people that don't want to um, have you come to their home, that want to meet up somewhere. And that's fine. I mean, that's cool. And a, a public thing, grocery store, parking lot, something like that, you know, to to meet up, that's fine. So as far as experiences, though, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the home gym community, there's a couple weirdos. So uh, when it comes to, you know, this thriving community that we have, you know, there's, there's something to be said for someone that's like, eh, I want to work out by myself in my basement. <laughs> you know, like, ah, who needs a park in a garage? I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I like the smell of like old leaked oil from my car when I try to exercise. So, you know, these are weirdos. We are weirdos. So, you know, inherently, you're gonna have that person come to pick up something you're selling that you're like, okay, bud, here you go. Like, see ya. So, I actually, yeah. I wish I had a basement. I'm sitting baking in a, um, I literally have a sunroom. It's all glass and like, it just becomes a microwave when the yeah. sun hits. So yeah, I wish I, had, I actually do wish I, I'm just teasing. I specific a creepy basement. thing though to throw it out there would be um i'm pretty sure there was some type of situation that went down when i'm you know it was like the neighbor who then was like yeah she said like you'd be coming here and like opened the door for me and there were the weights like laying there but i looked around and it was like not good looking there was some like broken glass and things and i was like all right bud i'm like here. am i supposed to pay you i don't even know who you are so i got out of there pretty quick Oh, jeez, like, oh, the things I do for roundhead dumbbells. <laughs> I shared a story last time I was on here about some pretty sketchy situations that I found myself in. Like you, I definitely share the location or I'll send a picture of the house if it is like exceptionally sketchy. If it's real bad, I'll bring, you know, protection just in case. Um, <laughs> I, I've done deals at 9, 10 at night in uh, dumb areas just because it's a good deal. Things that you shouldn't do, like don't do that. It's harder, like even as a seller, like there's some common sense that would say, don't invite strangers to your house. 
But when you're selling heavy equipment, it's kind of hard to lug it somewhere else to meet them at the police station, you know, under the cameras. So for the most part, everyone comes to my house. You know, you don't want to talk about where you live, but then anyone in your area basically knows where you live because <laughs> you're selling all this stuff. So yeah, probably not the smartest thing, but made it this far. Dude, that reminds me. I was I was thinking of it the other way, but then you just reminded me. So people come to your house. When we first started the business, like that was all we were doing is like bringing people to the house. And at some point I was like, oh, wait, this is not good. Because <laughs> we had like 10, 20 people a day at the high, at the peak, just like in and out and in and out. I was keeping them away from like inside the house, but like they would go around the back or whatever. And I had a couple situations where post-sale, I got threatened, intimidated, insulted, called all sorts of names. I had one guy, he was this older dude with his son. It was, I was I was away at the time, um, and thank God she didn't have to call the cops, but he came in, he wanted to return this item, like I was a store or something at the time, which I wasn't, I wasn't even incorporated. And and came in and and I made it clear, like we can't do, there is no such thing as returns. Like you can't just return this, like we, you know, you can you can get something else if you want, but I, I don't do. He he came in to our little shed that we had in the back. My wife with our son is like sitting there. She asks like, "Hey, what are you looking for?" Dead silence. He's just sitting there, and then he gives her. He just reams her out about like you wouldn't return this. You wouldn't do that. Like insults her, makes her feel super uncomfortable, and she's like, "You gotta go. You gotta leave now." Like it almost became a fist fight, like Eesh. in the back of my yard. And I wasn't there to do anything about it. I just told, and so I told the guy afterward, I was like, if you ever come near our house again, I'm calling the cops. But um, that was about the closest I've gotten to, this could be a stalker situation at some point. Oof. And he was like, I know people in the community. I'm going <laughs> to take you down. I'm like, okay, cool. So, but that's about as bad as it's gotten. Um, I've had just situations like that happen before. But it's, it's yeah, we moved to a warehouse pretty quickly after that because um, I just didn't want that whole situation. And we're we're nice. We're, like, not unpleasant people to deal with. My wife's a sweetheart. <laughs> you know, so. You look so I, I intimidating, Ashton. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just a master. Yeah. I, well, a nice, oh, though. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, a nice follow-up to my, you know, kind of sketchy pickup was that I got this message the next day from the seller saying like profusely thanking me like this made such a difference thank you so much like I've been trying to sell these forever like thank you thank you thank you and I was like all right well I guess it all worked out like we're we're in good shape <laughs> I got one of those for my story I shared last time too except it was like adding me as a friend and then every few weeks messaging me again and again oh dear <gasps> all right this guy this guy's gotta go yeah it got a little Oof. weird. <laughs> I I have I actually I have like a I it, this is on episode one of my podcast so I'm not I'm not gonna like bore you guys it's a long it's a long ish story but I I almost lost well I did actually technically lose thousands of dollars I lost I I gave this guy twenty grand and I got maybe half of the equipment I got essentially scammed out of like Oof. a lot of money right as we were getting started because he didn't we we didn't take out everything and we were going to come back and he just didn't want us to come back or he wanted us to come back. So for six months, I, I debated legal action, but that's the, that's the biggest, like, Oh my goodness, we could have sunk the business kind of situation I've ever come across. That's even partially sketchy with us. That, that was horrible. Don't do that. Do not pay people up front, please. <laughs> well, 
Ash, well, and that kind of takes us into the the final question. So mistakes when you're when you're going through the selling process. So I, I like Rob and Jay's suggestions about doing deposits, but um, for my situation, when we're taking huge, huge lots of things and there's thousands of dollars invested, you've really got another person you're dealing with. So unless you have, some, well, even if you do, I had a signed contract. So like things you really want to avoid are, you know, paying massive, massive deposits without physically meeting the person, especially if they don't really have any sort of established history with you or any sort of profile on Facebook, for example. We had done business before, but, um, or sorry, we had done business up to that point. Like I had taken some of the stuff and given him part of the money. But it, what I've learned is, you know, having established very specific contracts, video evidence, text evidence, all of this stuff. That way, if there's ever a discussion, if there's ever any question about what exactly is included, you have a full list. You have a contract. You have all this stuff. For most people in the home gym community, this is overkill. But this is this is a business side of things that. Uh, if you're doing big enough deals, you need to have this in place. And, you know, we're not a big, huge business, but if you don't have stuff in writing, people are just like, got your money, bye. And they'll do that again and again and again and just take advantage of you. So that was the biggest mistake I think I've ever made. I've made a lot of mistakes, but um, that was by far the biggest. Anyway, lesson learned there. Um, just make sure everything is either in writing very specifically about what you're getting or somewhere like documented. And then when you're paying deposits or things, try to get all the stuff out or be in the process of taking the stuff out before you physically hand the person cash. And if you know you can't take it all at that time, only hand them that money when you are physically able to take everything out. Otherwise, forget about getting the rest. Yeah, that's a good call. I'd say I'd go back to what Jay said about, you know, you're establishing a relationship uh, in terms of, you know, maybe he said he's had the same person buy like 10 things off of him, that kind of thing. It goes the other way, you know, you're, like from the side of collecting things and uh, you know sometimes there's someone selling a whole gym but sometimes they're you know this is stuff they love and they've used for years that they're just selling off a little bit at a time and even if it's not collecting same idea like there might be someone who's just you know tinkering with the idea of like oh maybe i'll just sell this bar or i'll just sell these plates so a mistake i made early on was not um you know really planting that seed and looking around when i picked it up that hey you know if you ever consider selling those, you know, keep me in mind, or I really love, you know, that whatever you have over there in the corner, you know, keep me in mind. So, or, or just a simple, you know, in my case, if you ever come across any others like this, let me know, you know, save my information. And I've had so many people come back to me and say, Hey, my uncle also has a whole set of this. Would you want those? You know, or, Hey, I, I talked to my dad and told him about you and he has these old weights, you know, you want these? So. I've had a lot of people circle back to me just by planting that seed that, you know, hey, keep me in mind. I would say one of the mistakes that I made a couple times, especially early on, was not having the right tool for the job. And that started even mm. my very first piece. So I drove about an hour and a half to the Cape with a trailer. Mm. I was getting one of Ashton's favorites, a four-sided body solid. <laughs> and I'm in the guy's basement. I got my tools everywhere. And I take out my impact drill and I realized I didn't have the adapter to go from like impact to socket. Oh, so geez. I had all these pieces, but I didn't have the piece to connect it to. Oh. And fortunately the guy had a manual once. I'm just sitting there cranking like a couple of hundred <laughs> bolts on this thing. 
but that's happened a couple times. I've had situations where I'm actually at a gym taking a piece apart and his bolts that are stripped. Um, you see that a lot with the commercial equipment where they just, they don't care, they're in and out. But if that bolt is stripped, you have really no way of getting it off without leaving, basically doing what I did and finding a bolt extractor bit. So I have that in the bag now. You know, that day I just kind of snapped it off and broke the piece off and then there went the plastic frame. But now I have a bolt extractor. I have a checklist. I did a video a while back about stuff that I bring to every haul, but like often I'm just excited. Like I want that deal done immediately. So I'll just grab my bag and run out the door. And if you don't do that checklist in your head and really make sure you have all the parts you need, for the most part, you can go online and find like an instruction book that'll tell you exactly what size bolts you need or what size pliers or whatever you need. Um, and I always check that beforehand just to make sure it's nothing weird. You know, like there's probably an Allen wrench somewhere in there. So have an Allen set, lots of sockets, lots of open-ended wrenches. Uh, so just make sure you have whatever you might run into because you don't want to be sitting in someone's basement or even at a health club for hours trying to get this last piece off. I've got a Milwaukee tool set that's probably shoulder height tall of tools that I'll use one of them every six months, but it's worth every penny of what I paid for that one tool. I can't tell you how many times, like the little specialty stuff too is like, even um, uh, like the snap, the really good, like uh snap ring collar yeah. removers. Yeah. Uh, indispensable for some, for some odd reason, like some machines just right where you didn't think it was going to be, it's right there. <laughs> and then having like the proper, you know, tie downs, so you can throw them in the back of the truck, they're not going to blow off. Having enough of the, like the moving carpet and like the padding to keep the stuff protected while you're throwing it in the back of a truck. Uh, it's just the kind of things that you learn every time you do something wrong. Next time you're like, ah, I probably need that next time. And your equipment list grows each time. But you know, by now it's down to a science, but it took me a long time to really develop that list. And a real simple thing that, you know, I didn't used to do that, you know, I'm not picking up huge commercial pieces that often like you guys are, but you know, just have a pair of work gloves like in your trunk that, mm -hmm. and, and bring them with you. And even if you're not like, you know, planning on collecting or flipping or any of this stuff, you're just trying to build a home gym, especially if you're driving a while, it really stinks to like get back on the highway and then look at your hands and you're like, oh gosh, like what? <laughs> no amount of hand sanitizer is going to take this like 40 year old grime off of my hands. You know, it's like 30 miles to an exit. Like how many things am I going to touch with my hands until then? So yeah, suddenly there's like, you know, the steering wheel, everything. So yeah, I think, you know, that's just a pair of work gloves. It's the way to go. I can smell that story. Like I'm picturing when I got that haul of iron grips, like they, I'm carrying oh. about with each haul as like more and more orange. Oh, you can yeah. just smell it the whole way home. <laughs> and then the whole car smells and everything about it. You know, you did something that day. Like you earned that <laughs> victory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was, there was one other, I was going to mention, I've had this happen a couple of times. I actually got, I got screwed and then I got in trouble. So, uh, I, I was again, a U-ship situation where I was bringing a bunch of stuff down from Boston. Uh, there was a guy that was getting rid of some, uh, excess equipment claimed everything was good, which everybody does. The trust, but verify has never been so accurate. Every single piece that arrived was either broken squeaking horribly or busted in some way every single piece Sorry if you if, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i made a fortune that day though so it was worth it yeah. 
Straight <laughs> from the free gym. <laughs> it's free for a reason. Um, no, the um, if your shipper or whoever's, if you're not taking it, make sure that whoever's hauling it back for you can at least step on this stuff and kind of verify some very basic things. And then when I've shipped stuff out, this is particularly bad with cardio. If it sits around for a little while, sometimes it'll start to develop noises and issues and problems. And sometimes your board will die. I've had that happen once or twice where I thought it was working. It was working when it came in. I'll send it out. I haven't, I haven't, I made the mistake of not testing it like once or twice. And of course that time it arrived DOA. So particularly with your cardio stuff, just going back to my, my first comment, like trust that verify that equipment because it's, it's particularly bad when it comes to um, bad boards and things that can go wrong. And if someone's shipping weights to you, a lot of people assume that like, oh, this dumbbell, this weight plate, well, nothing will happen to it. And they, I've gotten so many flat rate boxes with just a dumbbell rolling around or nothing arrives, it breaks out. So you have to fill them in what to do, like how to stuff it full of cardboard and make it so that it doesn't move around and use a ton of packing tape. And, you know, at this point I have a copy and pasted messages, message <laughs> that I just kind of copy and paste in, like here are your instructions, how to mail this, because it, they'll just throw it in a box and your plate will be chipped, the hub will be cracked, uh, the dumbbell head will be loose, or it just won't arrive. I've had, <laughs> there's a dumbbell hanging out of a box one time. So yeah, teach oh, them how to ship. Rob, I had a situation where a manufacturer is sending me knurling samples because we were thinking about making a barbell and they send it in that little like yellow manila envelope with padding on the inside. Mm. And I kid you not, twice, UPS, God bless UPS, uh, <laughs> just lost, like ripped out of the package, both knurling samples twice. Oh, geez. Just like, oh, it's gone. Never find it again. Twice. It's, ag it's aggressive knurling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, just found its way out of there. That's the aggro three from, uh, you know, Freedom Fitness. <laughs> yeah. So aggressive, it won't make it to your house. <laughs> just tear right out of the box. Awesome. I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. That was, that was great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We have Jay from My Free Home Gym, Rob from Vintage Weights, PGH, and Ashton from Freedom Fitness. That's going to do it for us tonight. Did you like tonight's episode? Well, then be sure to keep your eye out for new episode releases wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay involved on our social media sites by following Garage Gym Experiment and taking part in our Sunday surveys on Instagram so that you can be a part of the conversation. Like, follow, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, and get involved in our website for all your home gym content needs. Jake, anything else left for the listeners? Check out home gym history. Check out home gym history. Yes, sir. Give it a listen. Give it a like. All right. Thanks, guys.